Welcome to the Precap Podcast, where we review the previous series and look ahead at what's to come. Keaton is out this week, so I'm your fill-in host, Bob Osgood, joined by Shelly Verstrate. Uh, Shelly, it's late, and our old asses shouldn't be up right now, so let's jump right <laughs> into it. Um, interesting three-game series against the Astros. It was not looking good until tonight, as we record on Thursday night. Um, opening up with Tuesday. Pitching matchups were Mart- Martin Perez and Framber Valdez, a 7-1 to loss. Um, Martin Perez was not in the game for long, uh, gave up a home run right away to Carlos Correa that went about 310 feet, which happened again on Thursday with Yuli Gurriel hitting a ball about 310 feet off the other foul pole, and they were kind of off and running um, quick hook after two innings. So what did you see on Tuesday night from Perez and the, the rest of the Red Sox team? Yeah, when it comes to Perez, like I was like, when, you know, I was previewing this with Keaton, I was like, I, I'm kind of scared about this because uh, I thought that Perez um, was going to get hit around when he faced the Astros, what, a week and a half uh, during the first time they saw him. And he did fine, right? He limited, um, well, he got hit around a bit. He limited the earned runs. So I'm like, well, maybe, maybe he can do it again. Um, he didn't. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, he gave up, you know, six Ernie's um, and three walks and only struck out two in those two innings. Um, it just, it, uh, it wasn't really that great. I mean, he just, he just did not have it. And um, like his ERA almost for the year almost went up an entire run just because of this outing. Uh, prior to the outing, it was, uh, his ERA was at 309 and now it sits at 388. Um, so yeah, it was, it was not a really good, uh, uh, you know, night, uh, for Perez. Um, but, uh, Bob, is this, do you think this is just, you know, just an outing, uh, just a really bad one against a really good team in the Astros, or is this something that we should probably be concerned about? Yeah. And I, I think that it was a little bit of smoke and mirrors with Perez. Uh, his expected ERA is 4.83 with, as you mentioned, a 3.88 ERA. Good to see a better K rate this year that's over 8, but I think that he's locked out a little bit. His home run and fly ball rate is only 8.3%. So I don't think he's quite the pitcher that he's been recently. He's definitely on a good run, striking more hitters out. He was locating really well a few outings before that. Certainly wasn't uh, this week, but... Houston's a great team, and you can just tell that, that the Red Sox don't match up too well with them for whatever reason, but just so many veteran hitters. And uh, I was actually at the game on Tuesday night, and man, was the crowd on those guys, Correa, Altuve, Bregman, and they seem to thrive on it. Uh, it is interesting to uh, hear the crowd and the way that they're on everybody with some of the players and manager that were part of that team, but I'll <laughs> ignore that part. <laughs> but those are just some really good veteran hitters that were all over Perez from the start so I think it's somewhere in between I think he will pitch well against certain uh opponents but you will see a blow up like this against a team like Houston yeah yeah um and then kind of like moving over to like the Houston side I mean you know Framber uh he he did it again like he basically I don't know what it is uh with him and uh in the Red Sox um, you know, he made it through seven and a third innings, only given up five hits. Um, but 
it's kind of interesting. He only gave up five hits, but he had, you know, about eight or nine hard hit balls, you know, hit against him. So it's not that he was necessarily fooling guys. I, it just it just kind of seemed that they were just able to, you know, just get to the fielders and they were able to, you know, you know, you know, get yeah. some outs there. So it's it was a really interesting kind of line. Um as you said, you were at the game. I mean, could you could you tell that Framber was dealing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and with him, and then you saw it with Javier the next the next night, who is similar with just a, a wide variety of pitches. And then um, they got to Grinky a little bit on Thursday night, which we'll get to. But just so many pitchers on that Astros team that that have a wide array of pitches. Um, that have really good command, and Valdez is one of those. And you can just see in both games over the last two weeks that he's pitched um, just really good command, throwing strikes. He had his pitch count down all night, and every time that they even were getting a base runner or two, there would be a double play or a strikeout to end the threat. So um, just he looked very dominant. Um, kind of moving on, one thing with the, the – no one really to note – in the lineup either of the first two games, but Christian Arroyo was leading off again. Um, and that was Hernandez coming up. Kike Hernandez was coming off of a two for 35 stretch in the previous nine games. It was good to see him get a couple of hits. He was moved down to, I believe eighth in the lineup. Um, and I think that we were starting to worry a little bit uh, about his hold at the top of the lineup as we were seeing some other players that were, were mixing in there. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think Arroyo uh, hit a leadoff in the game uh, prior to this one. Um, but when it comes to you know Enrique Hernandez, I'm really glad that they kind of moved him off, um, you know, the leadoff uh, position because I mean you know he was just as you said like he was in a major major funk, and I mean it's not like he really walks too much. So I I'm glad I'm glad that Cora like. They, they decided at the beginning of the season that they wanted to put him there. And they let him basically uh, kind of show that he just, that's just not him. It, they did it. So I, I like that. And I like that he move, has moved down in the, towards the, the bottom of the lineup. It, you know, he got two hits in this game. He's hitting a little bit better down there. So that's good. Yeah, it gave him a break a little bit, and then having him come back up there on Thursday after he had the two-hit game and got a little more confidence, um, you know, it, it gave him some time to kind of get things back in check before they made that move back there, and you can tell that uh, he wants to keep that two, three, four, five consistent every night. So whether I agree with it or not, that's what they're going to do, and uh, gave him some time to, to take the pressure off down at the bottom of the lineup for a couple of days. Um, one last thing, the bullpen was excellent on Tuesday night between Matt Andres with three innings of one-run ball, Brandon Workman threw two shutout innings and um, shutout innings, and um, Valdez threw two shutout innings as well. Last note, um, a little foreshadowing, but Bobby Dahlbeck 0 for 4 with three Ks, certainly pressing, and they showed him a lot throughout the series that he was getting some extra work in out on the field before the game. That paid off later. But before we talk about that, we'll get into the second game, which was Nathan Ivaldi versus Jake Odorizzi. Red Sox lost that one 8-3. to um, Shelly, Nate Ivaldi, five innings, um, five and change, 11 hits, five earned runs, three walks. So 14 base runners. 
one of them had to take one for the team, whether it was Perez or Ivaldi in this series, because the bullpen was becoming taxed. They played a lot of games in a row, including that Marlins makeup game on Monday. Um, so just so many games in a row um, with with a lot of pitchers that were throwing two, three games in the same series. So Ivaldi kind of got hung out there um, to take one for the team in this one. Yeah, yeah, he definitely did. And um I mean, he has been, like, historically, uh, I guess, kind of for this season, he's kind of been, like, the quote-unquote ace. So I understand that why um, they kind of, like, let him kind of out there. But, man, he he did not have it. Like, when I was watching him, you could just tell, like, the Astros. He was not fooling the Astros, obviously, with those 11 hits, right? And, um, you know, through his five and two-thirds innings. So he, he was not fooling anyone. Um, I, he did kind of limit like the hard hit balls, but they were just getting through to, to, through all of the defenders and stuff like that. So yeah, this was not a really good outing, um, from Evaldi. Like it just didn't look good from the start. Yeah. And really not a whole lot beyond that to talk about. Uh, Xander Bogarts did have, uh, a two run homer in this one. Renfro had an RBI. Um, relief appearances from Hernandez, Whitlock, Valdez, and Wortman. Valdez was then sent down after the game. They called up Brandon Brennan for some reinforcement because, as I said, these guys were all just throwing consecutive games with Valdez and Wortman both throwing three innings over two days there. Um, anything else that you wanted to hit on in the second game? Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I, was ex- I was expecting... Um, us to get more than four hits against Jake Odorizzi. Uh, we only yeah. got three. That that was really, really surprising. Um, and Christian Javier looked really, really good coming out of the pen. Um, you know, he was bit, he's been a starter for the Astros for a bit, but they've kind of moved him to the pen because Odorizzi came back, but he looked really good. So, yeah, uh, just this really, really good offense, only managing four hits. Yeah, it was, it was not a great uh, evening. Yeah, you don't see the four innings save too often. It, no, um, you don't. <laughs> we might see their roles reverse. I think that Javier might be getting a little break midway through the season yeah. uh, to keep his innings in check because he is a really good pitcher um, and certainly showed it the other day um, against the Red Sox. So moving on to Thursday's game, um, which was a 12-8 victory for the Red Sox and just so much going on in this one. This was definitely the most exciting back and forth game of the series. Eduardo Rodriguez and Zach Grinke uh, were the pitchers there. Uh, Grinke only got through the third inning and Rodriguez could not get through five. I think we'll start with the hitting. A um, lot of guys to, to make note of. The big hit, Christian Arroyo, um, had a three-run home run in the fifth after Houston had taken a 7-4 to four lead. He was on base three times uh, in that game, but three-run homer to left, absolute bomb. Threw out one of the great uh, LFGs as he was crossing home plate, firing up the crowd. Great to see. Um, also good to see J.D. Martinez with his first home run since May 20th. He had the two home runs in Dunedin um, halfway through the month, but only had three homers in the month of May after a scorching April. Still hitting for a good average, but hopefully... You know, he had a, a, it was a ball to center that was hit really well. And when he's hitting that ball to center and right for power, you can tell that he's starting to, to get it going again. So hopefully that's the start of a nice stretch for him. Um, anyone that, that you wanted to, to hit on, Shelly? Um, 
Not really. Um, I really do like to see uh, just Christian Arroyo. Uh, I was kind of like a fan coming of his coming into the season. Uh, I'm not trying to poo-poo on Keaton while he's not here. Keaton was like uh, more of a Michael Chavis guy. And I was like, no, Oreo, I, I just, just, just trust him. I think that he's going to be okay. But I think that he's come up big. Um, and, you know, he was out for a bit, but he's, he's let off. He's had some really big hits. I love his energy in the box. Um, great. Yeah. So this is uh, really, really good to see. Yeah, he brings a ton of energy, and you can tell that that has a good rapport with the rest of the team there. Um, moving on to Bobby, Bobby Dahlbeck, we mentioned he put in some extra work, had two huge hits. He was two for five in the game, but had a key hit in the second inning rally, which, uh, you know, Grinky was pressing, and they really worked up his pitch count in that game. He had gone deep into, he'd been throwing seven, eight innings in his recent outings. Uh, you could tell it was kind of a point they were making to work his pitch count up. And Dahlbeck was part of that. Got a key hit, I think it was on a 3-2 pitch in the second inning, and then uh, broke the game open in the sixth with a two-run double off the monster, um, made it 12-8. to So good to see. You know, hopefully this is, this is some hard work that he's putting in, and you could kind of see that today. He had a lot of good at-bats uh, after having the three strikeouts in Tuesday's game. Uh, moving along, Christian Vasquez, great game through, um, he was three for four with a hit by pitch as well. A hit by pitch was huge because it, in that wild sixth inning, it was the go ahead run, um, just kind of grazed him, but he had three RBIs and two runs all in separate big hits throughout the game. So, you know, he was really the key from start to finish. Uh, Kike Hernandez back in the leadoff role, as I mentioned, Three times on base, he had two hits and a walk. Also had an outstanding dive and catch late in the game in center field. So um, anything that, that you wanted to add in here before we move on to the pitchers? Um, I, it was really good to see Vasquez, you know, kind of get back on track. Uh, they He didn't really start uh, the, I think, first game of the series because he has been, he has been on the struggle bus. Uh, I was like kind of like looking into his stats a couple days ago, and his infield like fly ball rate is absolutely crazy prior to this game it was at 20 percent, which is yeah yeah he's so he you know he's just making like really really poor contact um so i i'm just glad to kind of see him you know you know you know get on board here maybe put some hits together and get back on track he's got that average back up to 259 it was definitely a struggle in the last couple of weeks so I agree with you on that. Um, moving on to the pitchers, Eduardo Rodriguez left with a 4-3 lead and the bases loaded in the fifth. Um, all of those inherited runners scored, so he ended up with a four and two-thirds, six earned run outing um, with six hits, three walks, five strikeouts. Uh, I personally felt that his line didn't it w- was not really fair uh, compared to his appearance, especially with what Andres did to him in the fifth coming in, allowing all three and Harry runners to score. But he, he battled. He threw good pitches most of the night. Um, he just kind of walked a couple too many guys, and they left him in there to face Jordan Alvarez with two on and two out. In the fifth, um, kind of a long at bat, couldn't uh, get him out there. Andres came in, threw seven straight balls to open, walking in a run, and then gave up a three-run double, I believe, to Tucker. I was surprised that Andres was even available after he threw three innings on Tuesday. Um, you know, they they had 
they ended up using Ottavino and Taylor and Darwinson and Barnes, and they had brought up Brennan as a fresh arm. Maybe they just didn't want to throw him into the game for his first outing with the bases loaded, but really tough outing for Andres and looked like they were in trouble at that point in the game. Uh, anything to add for, to the first five innings, Shelly? Um, no, no, you, you really, uh, you know, you really recapped it there. Great. <laughs> All right. And then from there, it finally calmed down. There were some crazy plays in this game. Um, if you saw the game, you would understand between some infield fly rules and uh, a ball that may or may not have hit Yuli Gurriel that ended up with Dusty Baker getting ejected. So for about three innings, it was just not a normal thing that you saw on your TV, but uh, fortunately, after Darwinson gave up a home run to Altuve on a really tough pitch that I wouldn't blame the pitcher at all, between him and Ottavino and Taylor and Barnes, um, just one run combined given up on that Altuve homer, uh, and allowed us to not have to watch a six-hour game because it was heading that way. Um, so before we move on to the Blue Jays when, and preview the four-game series that's coming up, you guys usually do an MVP, right? Yeah, yeah, we uh, we pick an MVP um, of the entire series. So I'll let you go first since this is your first time here. Oof. All right, I'm going to go with Christian Arroyo. I think that the, the three-run homer that got them back in the game was the key. Um, down 7-4 at that point, got on base three times in that game. I mean, I certainly can't look at anything that happened in the first two games. So I'll say Arroyo was, was the spark in that game. Uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of who I was going to go with too. So let me pick someone different. Um, I guess I'll go with, uh, Hernandez, Dorins and Hernandez. He's, he's, you know, he's been able to come in and, you know, kind of, uh, you know, get some, some big outs. So I'll go with him. He got the win in that game with the, uh, scorer's discretion looks like, uh, gave that to him for his, his sixth inning. That certainly wasn't going to go to Andres there. <laughs> All right, so we'll take a break, and then we'll move on to preview the Blue Jays. All right, so looking ahead to the Red Sox and the Blue Jays series, Red Sox coming in at 38-25, and 25, uh, Jays coming in at 31-29 after a loss tonight. Um, in the first game, we've got Garrett Richards and Ross Stripling. Any thoughts on that matchup? Um, this could be interesting. Um, from like, from like a winning standpoint for us. Um, but I mean, Garrett Richards is, uh, is scaring me currently. He's, it's kind of looking like he's going back to like the bad Garrett Richards. He's, he's starting to walk people again. Like it's, I, 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 I'm not having really good feelings. I'm thinking that this, uh, this upcoming, this first game here might be kind of, um, a- another long one, um, where a lot of runs are going to be yeah. scored. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, and Stripling after, I thought he was going to lose his rotation spot, but he's given up two runs in the last three starts over 17 innings against Tampa, Houston, and Cleveland. So yeah, two really good, um, you know, lineups that are in there. Last time that the Red Sox faced him, they did, uh, light him up for eight hits and six runs over, uh, three plus innings. Uh, down in that series in Dunedin, Florida. So, I don't know. You get to take what was going on down there with a grain of salt. A lot of pitchers were were struggling in that (laughs) Florida air, and he's been great since. So, I I understand your concerns there. Uh, Game two on Saturday is going to be Nick Pavetta versus Steven Matz. Um, You know, the last time that 
Pavetta threw. He had a bit of a shaky outing, but as we said, they all have. Um, down in Florida, Mats gave up six innings, uh, gave up five runs in six innings, and ten hits his last time against the Red Sox. Mats has been a little bit up and down this year with an ERA in the mid fours. Yeah, and um, I, I definitely feel better about this one. Um, Pavetta has pitched uh, kind of, sort of okay. Uh, again, it's, yeah. it's it's Nick Pavetta, so I don't know really know how I feel. Um, but I'm glad that this is not in Dunedin. This is you know in Fenway, so I feel a little bit better that it's not going to be you know a, a, a hit parade. Um, and I do think that we can get to Matt's. Yeah. I agree with that. I like their chances in the second game. I think the one I'm a little more worried about is game three on Sunday. Um, Martin Perez against Robbie Ray. And Robbie Ray, who was kind of on the, the fringes in the in the big leagues over the last couple of years, has come back um, in recent starts and is just striking everybody out. He's got 82 strikeouts on the year in 64 innings, had 13 in his latest outing nine the outing before um going six innings in most starts so it rejuvenated robbie ray that they'll be facing uh in game three yeah uh like you said like i i'm not looking forward to this one especially when perez just really got you know kind of torched against the astros i mean you know as as everyone knows like the blue jays lineup is pretty legit and it coming off a just an off that's an awful kind of one two punch uh for Perez going up against the Astros and then following up with the Blue Jays. That's a that's an awful two step there. Yeah, and a, a good reminder for us to not just focus on the pitching matchups. Um you know, three really good hitters in Toronto's lineup with Vladimir Guerrero hitting three thirty with eighteen home runs this year. He's on base forty four percent of the time. Um, Marcus Semyon hitting 290 with 13 home runs and a lot of steals. Bo Bichette hitting 274 with 11 home runs and a lot of steals as well. Randall Gritchick has 13 homers, so just a ton of pop in this lineup. And then you've got uh, Gurriel, Lourdes Gurriel and Teoscar Hernandez, who are kind of having down years but are certainly explosive. Um, not sure when Kevin Biggio is coming off the IL, but really explosive lineup. Um, I think one thing to kind of keep in mind with Toronto is that their bullpen has not been good. I feel like you can steal a game from their bullpen. Um, I think Romano is really the only pitcher that has an ERA under three in yeah. that bullpen, and Merriweather's on the DL. We saw Delise last time, who struggled against the Red Sox um, when he was closing. So I think you can get to that bullpen, especially if you can get some of these starters out maybe in like the fourth or fifth inning at some point. Uh, and then the last game, Nathan Ivaldi against Alec Manoa. I'm really excited to see Manoa um, throw kind of up close here against the Red Sox in the Monday wraparound game. Uh, was great in his debut. Has, um, you know, fallen back to earth a little bit in the last two games. But um, what, what do you think about Manoa and, and this fourth game? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited as well. Um, I have... Uh, I definitely watched his his debut, which was really great, and seeing bits, bits and pieces of you know his other starts. Um, he is a really really good pitcher, um, and I, I this is a big test for him because again, like this lineup 
um, uh, you know, our lineup, you know, it, it's, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty deep, especially cause it's looking like some of the bottom of our lineup is starting to kind of heat up a little bit. So it, it's, it's a very, very deep lineup. Um, uh, but he could, he could definitely, you know, put a hurting on us and, you know, kind of looking back at Eovaldi and just how he got hit around it. It could be an interesting one with this last one. Yep. I agree with that. Any uh, predictions on the series? Final predictions? Um, I think we split it. I think we go two and two. All right. I am going to say that the Red Sox pull three out of the series. Uh, steal one from their bullpen yeah. somewhere along the way, uh, especially at home coming off a, a great win to finish that, that last series. Um, hopefully take that momentum with them a little bit before they head out on the road. So I'll say three out of four. Um, all right, that's what we've got for today. You can check out our other shows on the Over the Monster Podcast Network. There's the OTM Pod with Brian Joyner and Matt Collins, the Red Seat with Keaton DeRocher and Jake Devereaux, and the On Deck Podcast with uh, Shelly and some jabroni named Bob who hosts that <laughs> along with her. So thanks for joining.